Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Happy 50th birthday today to the hilarious comedian Joel McHale. We spoke in 2017 during the release of his memoir, Thanks for the Money, How to Use My Life Story to Become the Best Joel McHale You Can Be, as well as memories of hosting The Soup and starring in NBC's Community. Jason. Joel McHale. Hey, what's up? Hey, how are you? How are you? Wow, we're saying the same things at the same time. Wow, what, I wrote the same book as you. <laughs> what? It says how to use your story to become the best Joel McHale, and I did. Uh, okay, well then, as long as it came after. Actually, no, I wrote mine first, but it, I'll give you credit. Damn it! <laughs> so, how can we use your life story to become the best you? What, what sort of juicy nuggets in here can uh, be useful for us? Well, there's a chapter called How to Survive a Chevy Chase Attack. Uh, so there's that. Uh, it shows you how to start a celebrity feud. And I can't really say the name of the chapter out loud, but uh, it talks about my long-running feud with Robert De Niro. <laughs> and, uh, and then there's a chapter called Why I Left Scientology, which I never have left it, and I never was in it. But <laughs> to be a celebrity, you kind of have to have a good story about leaving religion slash cult. So uh, that's, how, that's how that came to be. Yeah, the book is half memoir, because I feel like most celebrities don't have enough to say. Uh, to fill up an entire book. Their lives are just not that interesting. Um, but half of a book, I figured that was about right. And then why not take that rest of it, because self-help books are very popular. And my name is Joel, just like Joel Osteen. And if you accidentally just see the word Joel and don't read any further, maybe you'll grab my book. Yeah, I always thought you were a televangelist, yeah. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I definitely preach from where the Houston Rockets used to play. Oh, awesome. Uh, <laughs> what, what did we learn about sort of uh, you growing up? Because the first couple chapters are like, The Beast Awakens and some clever titles like that. But do you remember when you had, got your first laugh and got, you know, and you're like, ooh, I got better no, than that. No, no, I don't. Doug, I was getting laughs in the womb, dude. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, the, the memoir part is, yes, it is. Hopefully you'll see that it is a humorous look at my life. It, the stories in it are definitely true, uh, I, but I definitely make jokes uh, to the point where I was on stage in Seattle doing a book reading or doing a kind of Q&A, and the host, not someone in the audience, but the host said, now there's a story about your dad being cheap, which my dad is, uh, but he goes, it says here that your when your little brother was born, he didn't really want a third kid, so he put him on the lawn with a sign next to him that said $5,000 or best offer. <laughs> now, that is not true, but the person thought it was, that my father would actually try to sell my brother, which, uh, look, my dad is cheap, but he is not a human trafficker. So... <laughs> 
if you're confused by that story at all, then I, I, A, I apologize, but B, it, it definitely was a joke. <laughs> well, it'll make sense when you read the book, I'm sure. Uh, how did you get into the soup? Thirteen years ago, I auditioned for it, and it was one of many auditions. And at that point, it wasn't the soup. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't anything. It was a pilot presentation for... For all you folks out there that doesn't know what that is, usually the thing's the thing called a pilot, which is the first episode of any show, but a pilot presentation is the first five minutes of a show. It's like the pilot of the pilot. It, <laughs> yeah, it is literally just a sample. It is a wine tasting of whatever it is. Yeah. And, uh, and the E saw it because they had had success with Talk Soup, and they didn't want it to be called The Soup or mm-hmm. Talk Soup. They did not want to bring that show back. Mm-hmm. So it was called a completely different name. They saw how cheap it would be to make, which was me and a green screen and like three other people and went, great, we'll pick it up. And they put us on Friday nights, which at the time was a ghost town on cable. And uh, it slowly built from there uh, because nobody was watching, uh, but it was so cheap that they just left it on and finally it got an audience. And so it was a very, everyone was like, when did you get your big break? And I was like, it wasn't really a break. It was just a slow cracking of ice uh, <laughs> over a thousand years. So that's kind of how that happened. And, and I was trying very, I didn't have a real agent at the time. I had not, I couldn't get one. And then um, because of the soup, I started getting all the auditions that I always had wanted because I could not get my foot in the front door or at the back door or into the window, or the doggy door, or any other crack in the, the Hollywood home. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> but as soon as that happened, then then I started getting the auditions that I wanted, and eventually it led to community. Speaking of which, you mentioned uh, that you survived a Chevy Chase attack. Explain what you mean. Well, that's Was one it on of the, the chapters in the book. It's Yeah, I have a, a fold-out pamphlet, <laughs> uh, much like it's in your, your airline seat, yeah, yeah. in the front uh, seat pocket, uh, a fold-out, and one of those laminated things that shows you how to survive being attacked by Chevy Chase, <laughs> uh, who I worked with for five years, living legend Chevy Chase. And uh, people like, I get asked about him every time I ever get interviewed. So <laughs> I thought I would write a chapter on him. Because you probably grew up loving Caddyshack Absolutely. vacation and all that stuff. Hero. How did he live up to you, you know, your expectations of comedy legend versus seeing him on set? Was he was he just as funny behind the scenes or, or did he? He does have a bit of a reputation. And... Uh, <laughs> That doesn't mean I don't like the man. I do. I actually am very fond of him. He, right. but he is definitely, he's got a very specific way of operating. <laughs> do you miss doing the show? I remember there was like rumors that you might do a movie of it or something. Uh, it will come back as soon as somebody gives us a lot of money <laughs> or gives Dan Harmon a lot of money. I mean, I think there's a there's a world where the, a, a movie gets made. It just has to be funded yeah. because I know it's it's doing very well on you know, in, in streaming stuff, but, uh, thank, and thank God people like the show and, and that all came out of Dan Harmon's amazing brain. So, I, I mean, I think there is a world where it happens. I mean, I was just talking to, to Lauren Graham. Now I'm name dropping. Uh, <laughs> whoever thought that the Gilmore girls would get rebooted right. and it's a wild hit. Right. So who knows? Uh, I, I would love to do it. I think the cast would do it, but now Donald Glover, he's, he's Lando Calrissian. So yeah. he's going to be in London forever. He's a little busy. Yeah. As I've gone around the country touring the book, it, it's amazing how many people love that show, and thank God Dan Harmon cast me on it. Where do you think it will go to? I'm not asking you to, you know, rank it against the the Seinfelds and everything, but oh, geez, I don't know. I I'm going to say uh, 76. 
<laughs> well, not a specific ranking number, but what unique little corner of the comedy universe? Uh, Dan, I think he liked the world of misfits and people that uh, are kind of broken. Mm-hmm. And I think that that said that for whatever reason, that spoke to a lot of people out there. And uh, I think that because what I always get people like, you know, you're you're doing my friend or you're doing my life, and I'd be like, I'm not. Uh, Dan wrote that. I'm not smart enough to write that. And uh, I think I think the whole show was through the lens of Danny Pudi's character, Abed, mm. who had a hard time understanding kind of the emotional intelligence of other people. And, <laughs> and I think um, Dan wanted to champion that, and that's what people could relate to. And also, Dan Dan's one of the best joke writers you'll ever come across in your life. I mean, the show's hilarious, so... Um, what, Thank you. Uh, what are your memories? I know we're on the clock, but I guess just sort of wrapping up. What are your memories of White House Correspondents Dinner? The you know this president's about to exit oh, office. It and... was the most. I'll never be nervous again. <laughs> I burned out that fuse. That that chip is destroyed. <laughs> I I am no longer. I will no longer be nervous. Uh, it, it it was such a nerve wracking and wonderful evening. It, it it's got to be similar to. I don't know, doing a moonshot or <laughs> something like that, because it was so strange and wonderful. Um, and and I, I would do it again, but boy, I think uh, it was like getting in shape for a marathon. I, I, yeah, I, I, I poured over my jokes for weeks and weeks. And, um, you know, it's just very weird, because you eat dinner with the first lady for an hour and a half and sure turns out she's the coolest woman of all time next to my wife and mom and uh good save and then um then all of a sudden you're there for four hours so you're you're you don't have any prep time to get ready to perform or something and then the president goes up and no matter what your politics are president barack obama is one of the best joke probably the best joke telling president we've ever had mm-hmm. so uh then you've got to follow that so the president opens for you, and he kills. So it's very strange. Plus, you're just playing to a totally different crowd there. A lot more buttoned well, you're up. Well, you look out in the crowd, it's like a wax museum. <laughs> well, now you've, you know, opened for Madame Tussauds. And yes, the wax figures are more responsive. <laughs> because you're like, oh, look at all the famous people, including the Dos Equis, the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> he made you more nervous than anyone, even more than the president. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like, that is the most interesting man in the world. Awesome. Well, we know you got to run, so we, we really appreciate you taking the time. Hopefully our listeners will all pick up the copy. Uh, pick stuff. up a copy of the book. It will be the best thing. It'll be the best gift you've ever given someone or to yourself. <laughs> Just wear a girdle because you might split a gut open. <laughs> Joel McHale, thanks so much. Thank you so much for the interview. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.